Hey guys, just a couple quick notes from the podcast we just recorded. Um, we are still kind of ironing things out in terms of how we're going to do this. So uh, we are pre-recording podcasts at this point. So um, things may be out of date. Uh, just keep that in mind when you're listening. Um, you know, we are going to essentially soon enough get back up to speed where we're on time with things. But just right now, bear with us um, as we figure things out. Uh, also. Um, Bobby had to cut out a few times in this episode. Again, just trying to iron things out. And also, Zach, hopefully, will join us uh, again um, next week. So uh, just kind of uh, bear with us here. Um, we're just in the early stages of our podcast. Um, but I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, and we'll you know try to get better as we go on. Thanks. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Come Play Podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Madden 19 release. Uh, we're going to talk about some MLB trade deadline um, deals from right before the deadline and on the deadline. And we're going to talk about uh, a system in the MLS where uh, relegations and promotions could come into play. Uh, I am Tyler, and I am joined by Bobby. Yep. And Brendy. <laughs> and uh yeah we're gonna get right into this um first thing we want to talk about was the madden 19 release uh pretty big um you know release in the states at least uh, with the nfl being so big um so the madden 19 release uh the standard release is set to come out tomorrow august 10th uh the hall if you pre-ordered the hall of fame edition you got it um august 7th which I did, and I have played the game, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, mixed, uh, mixed reviews on this uh, from the things I've seen. A lot of people saying it's a lot of people are saying what people have said all along about Madden is it feels like the same game as the year before. Um, I I disagree gameplay wise. Um, I think. Uh, you know, you have to get hands on with the game to know to to have an opinion. I think uh, overall, the gameplay feels a lot better. It feels like you have more control over your player, um, and uh, and the the uh, the mechanics just feel better. Um, but a lot of people are not giving it. They're not giving it a chance because nothing has been added. And this is something we actually talked about last week, guys, with like. How, what do you, you know, at some point in time, there's not much you can really add um, because, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's only a football game. Um, You know, I know you guys haven't gotten hands on with it, but um, I don't know. Have you guys like seen the uh, what people have been saying about it? Or like I said, I know I've seen a lot of mixed uh, emotions with it. Well, I I can go ahead. I, I sorry, Randy. I I haven't read too much, uh, but I was in the similar boat. I'm like, oh, cool, another Madden game. Uh, the only thing cool, I guess, is the Hall of Fame edition, which has Teal on the cover. What? Which that's just that just makes me laugh. Like it really but, does. Uh, real quick, he's in the 
Dallas jersey on that. So, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, it, it, but it, it's, it's so funny that he wants it. Never mind. That's a whole different discussion. Anyway, it, it is weird. I, I was on, the, I was on the, kind of the same boat, right? Like, I was just kind of like, okay, another Madden game. Not really something I buy. The only reason I had Madden 17, I think I said this last week, is that uh, it was purchased to me as a gift, and it had Gronk on it. So what I'm probably going to do as soon as Madden 19 comes out, Madden 19, uh, 18 is going to drop to, like, uh, $5. I'm going to buy it because it's a basically a Patriots collector's item at this point, and I do want that. So I'll probably do that. Uh, I, I don't know if I see myself buying buy Madden 19. If it's as good as, you know, if it seems to be as good as you're saying it is, and it really is this different kind of game, then maybe I'll play it. But Madden's a game that I really don't grind or I can't get myself to grind out very well. Like, I don't have any reward for it. It's such a... I mean, I like watching football. I, I, I'm into fantasy leagues. I, I like playing football, whatever. But, like, playing a video game for some reason is a whole slow, weird thing to me. I don't know why. That, that's just me, though. One of the things I really like about Madden releases each year is that I feel like they just get substantially better each year. Like, the gameplay itself just feels a lot better. Like, one of the biggest... Um, I used to play uh, Madden 10 a lot with Zach. Um, and when Madden 11 came out, um, like the, the jump was just huge. Like the gameplay was just a lot better, but like they were doing that like each and every year. And that's one of the things I really like about the EA Madden franchise. Yeah. So with Madden, uh, I was talking about mechanics and that's like, you know, gameplay wise, again, like in terms of like game modes, there's not much you can add. And now they did add the long shot game mode last year, which is basically, um, you take the character Devin Wade and go through a journey with him um, in his high school football career. And okay, we gotta stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. It's okay. He um, made his mic. He caught it. Um, anyway, uh, Devin Wade, you take him through his high school career um, and you kind of get to the pros. And then they added it again this year where. There's, it's called Long Shot Homecoming, basically a sequel to that. So, um, I mean, you know, they're adding what they can, but yeah, gameplay-wise, mechanic-wise, um, it feels so much better. Like I said, the control, like, you know, the the where you really feel it, I feel like, is when you're running the football, you can actually, you know, like you have control of your running back to cut through holes. Like it's not like you're just running full speed essentially and just trying to see how far you can run. Like you have control, you can like do quick cuts. So um, I do enjoy the game so far. Um, I've actually already played through the whole long shot uh, <laughs> uh, career thing and uh, oh it's, it's pretty cool. So um yeah i just kind of wanted to get that out there because again it's a pretty big release madden um so we just wanted to kind of throw our two cents out there and like i said with me getting hands on with the game um just wanted to kind of give my opinion uh next really quick really quick before you move on from that tyler uh just one question um is and like this um you said you have like the you have the game now right Mm -hmm. yep Okay, so does Madden 19 have any sort of, like, club mode? So it doesn't have, like, where you can create your club like we would, but it has, like, a – it's called um, – you, you can basically take your ultimate team squad and play it with two other friends, and, like, they basically combine the teams. So, like, 
you know, one of you will take the offense of side of the ball. So, like, you'll control, like, the quarterback when you play offense, and your offensive players will be on the team. One of your other friends mm-hmm. could be playing defense, and their defensive players from their ultimate team will be playing that. And when you get to be the defensive captain, you get to choose a play. So, like, you can play with your friends in terms of, like, like squads, like, in that sense, but you can't, like, make – club like you know you can't run a trial or fifa or that's that's interesting uh, what have you but yeah it, it is pretty cool it, it's kind of um it's kind of tough to get used to because with football like you know like when we play nhl it's free flowing so like it, it's kind of easier but like when you're playing madden and it's like it's kind of like tactical like yeah, it's like every play somebody has control of somebody it, it's gets a little bit used to but it is it is pretty fun but um but yeah so we just want to talk about the Madden 19 release. And then uh, one thing we touched on last week, we just wanted to kind of wrap up. Um, Bobby got his hands on the NHL 19 beta. We just wanted to hear his thoughts on that. Uh, the beta did end a few days ago. Um, and now they're, you know, the game is set to release in uh, mid-September. So, yeah, Bobby, what is your thoughts on the beta? Yeah, so it, it um, I actually had a lot of fun playing the beta, um, didn't do any of the, the club EASHL, and I don't even think I did a game of regular mode. I was having so much fun with the new ones mode. Uh, I, it, it, I, I like, okay, I, I, the, this is a whole topic for maybe a future podcast, but I, I hate microtransaction in games. I get why they exist, but I, I can't stand them. But what's cool about the hockey bags is the, the progression rewards, and I was getting some pretty good stuff out of them. And, of course, the first jersey and first hat I get was Vegas Knights, but, you know whatever i'll get the flyers ones eventually but it's like i you know you get to customize everything head to toe like and not even just you know not making like a hockey player you know jersey pads you know pad socks everything like that like you're i could be wearing blue jeans and a jacket mm-hmm. or like a parka or something like it's just like it's just a weird little casual kind of feeling but i was you know it, you know it's a 1v1v1 1v1 game mode i was shooting it pretty competitively i was freaking plowing people into the boards it was kind of absurd uh, but it was a lot of fun, and you were absolutely right about the skating. The skating looks so much better than in previous years. It looks like they're actually taking strides, and their whole body's reacting. It doesn't look like they're just kind of shuffling their feet up the ice kind of thing. That, that mm-hmm. But uh, um, I like the feel. I mean, I, hey, listen, I'm an okay player. I can shoot. I can't deke for crap, but I can definitely shoot. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was doing really good on ones. And, you know, I'll definitely keep playing that. And even the threes with the whole kind of casual side of it was fun, too. Uh, can't wait to get back to the ASHL, which, by the way, we are four, game, four wins away from D1 and HL18 still. <laughs> uh, but we can't seem to catch a break with getting together to play. So, uh, yep. yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. I'm actually on board. I really hope. I don't regret saying that. But uh, we'll definitely see. NHL is the EA game that I buy regardless just because I, you know, that that's a sports game I always just gravitate towards. So I'll get it, and I, I hope uh, I hope it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I mean, the one thing everybody obviously is gravitating toward now is the ones mode because it is new right. and it is something exciting. And yeah, I think we all kind of had. I think Zach played it a little bit too, and he said he really liked it. So um, right. yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a good thing. I, I think one thing, you know, they'll obviously tinker with it i think uh, one thing that i would like to see change is the hitting in nhl 19 the beta was literally op 
um, in the ones mode, like you basically pick the biggest guy and and you just hit the guys and they would take like five minutes to get up and you'd have like a breakaway. So well, I, I think I think that was their attempt to keep a little bit of realism because I mean you're out there playing with no pads or helmets. So yeah, if you get bodied like that, you're you're yeah. gonna be on the ice for a minute. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think I you know, like I said, skating wise, it feels good. So maybe if they maybe up this, like, there, I don't know. I think personally, for me, I think there's got to be like a little bit of a, a gap between like the skate, like. What I'm trying to say is, if you pick a sniper, like a five nine one seventy, let's say sniper, he doesn't seem that much faster than a six eight two fifty power forward, and this the power forward can literally kill the sniper all day, like in that game. Right. So we'll mm-hmm. have to see. But um, yeah, we all kind of are pretty happy, um, <laughs> which is funny to say with an NHL game. But yeah, we're pretty yeah, happy with the data. And we'll see. The one thing I, I would just add to that a lot of people are calling for change, and I have seen AA talk about it. So hopefully they, you know, peel back on it. It's the poke checking. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, like poke check spamming. They have said that, or it looks like at least I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but it looks like they're going to tone it down a little bit with the penalties, um, which is good because I've literally seen people take 28 penalties a game. Uh, so uh, yeah. That is just – we kind of just want to wrap up on that um, just because, like I said, they got hands on it with this week. Another beta that just came out recently uh, for PS4 is the Black Ops 4 uh, beta. Um, which Looking forward people, to that game. Yeah, a lot of people um, got hands on it. We, unfortunately, are not going to be able to – it looks like me and Bobby at least because we are on vacation the week it comes out for Xbox. So – I don't know if we're going to be able to get on it, but uh, from the gameplay I've seen, uh, it looks good. It looks fast. Um, a lot of people yeah. are saying maybe it is too fast, but I don't know, man. Like that's very Black Ops Three esque. Yeah, but like you know, the people that are complaining now. Okay, I understand if it's too fast, but like that's the trend that it was going, especially like the Black Ops series. I feel like, like it's fast, it's quick. Um, you know, the movements are quick. Uh, the gun fights this year, they have said with the new like health bar, uh, kind of thing, um, that the gun fights last a little bit longer, which maybe that'll get pulled back. But again, this is why it's a beta. That's, you know, they're out there to get feedback and, um, and kind of change the game. So, um, you know, the, the, the gameplay I have seen is, from like you know YouTubers who do this for a living, so um, you know to the casual player, I don't know how this game feels, but yeah, like I said, what I've seen, um, it looks good. Again, it plays fast, um, and uh, hopefully we get hands on with it. Again, I I haven't t- even talked to you guys about it. Have you seen any gameplay of it, and what is your first impressions of like at least what you've seen of Black Ops Four in general? Yeah, yeah. like just uh, like gameplay wise. Like, at least Uh, what you're saying. So, so far, it kind of looks like a combination of, essentially, it looks like a combination of Black Ops 3 and Infinite Warfare if there wasn't any, like, jetpacks. Which is actually fine by me, because I love Black Ops 3. Uh, Never never played Infinite Warfare, just because at the time I couldn't really afford it, and then by the time I could, it was, like, already, you know, talking about World War II time. Um, You didn't miss anything. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I didn't think so, but like I, I still wanted to like give it a try. I played it for like two days when it was like free on Xbox Live for gold members or whatever. Mm. Um, so, but I don't even really remember if I enjoyed it or not. <laughs> um, but from what I've seen and what I've heard, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Like I'm uh, really excited about this game. Um, and I think it's what Call of Duty, um, not necessarily what it should be, but I definitely do think it's going in the right direction. Um, you know, it's going back to its faster pace. Uh, I think World War II, I think we can all agree, World War II is a little bit slower, I guess. It, yeah. Like, the way Compared I would describe it, pace. yeah, it feels like, I don't know, the way I would describe it, it feels like clunky, almost, like, like yeah. the way the movements are. Yeah, but um, the thing I really like about um, Black Ops 4, from what I've seen, it seems like most of the uh, action, like most of the kills uh, that you're going to get, it's usually because you outperform the other guy. And sometimes in World War II, it seems like, you know, if uh, you can, uh, it's like anyone can kill anyone, you know, regardless of, of skill level. And I'm not entirely sure if I like that. It like balances um, to um, players that aren't as well, if that makes sense. But yeah. in Black Ops Four, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, the gameplay uh, appears to be a lot faster. Um, it's it seems like it's a little bit tougher to kill people, which is uh, which could be fine. Um, but so far, I've just really enjoyed what I've uh, seen from the beta gameplay so far, and I can't wait to give it a try myself. Yeah, and the so the the multiplayer beta is out right now, and as we all know, there is a battle royale um, mode that is coming to Black Ops when it comes out, and I believe that it's set. That there's a beta for that as well. That's actually set to come out sometime in September. I don't know if there's a date for that yet, um, but yeah, there is also that, uh, which you know that's kind of how games are going right now. So. Uh, honestly, for me, I mean, I think what's going to make or break make or break Black Ops is actually going to be that battle royale mode, um, and it, it kind of sucks. It's just that's what everybody's interested in now. And well, you know, God, go ahead. No, no, finish with that. Well, I was just going to say, like that. That's going to be. I think you know you're all, you're going to have your hardcore fans that love the multiplayer, but just with. You know, Fortnite being where it is and PUBG and all that, like, I think that's where everybody's at right now, where, like, they want, that's what they want. They Everybody likes that Battle Royale kind of thing, and I think if, you know, I think they'll be successful, don't get me wrong, either way, but I think if they want to get back to where, like, COD was in terms of, like, you know, how many copies they're selling, like, that blackout mode has to be a hit. Um, we'll see though. Like I said, that, that beta will be coming out in uh, September, but Brandy, go ahead with what you're going to say. I was just going to say, like, I'm not entirely sure if blackout is going to make or break black ops four because, um, like personally for me, um, I haven't really bothered looking at any blackout footage because, uh, it's something I kind of want to prepare my, uh, prepare myself for and not really, not spoils, not necessarily the right word. Um, but I want to experience it myself before anything, it, but the, for Black Ops 4, like this regular multiplayer is, I guess, a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. and for that, that's what got me excited about the game, not necessarily Blackout, um, because World War II multiplayer, 
Like it can be fun at times, but let's be real. It's incredibly frustrating most of the time. Um, yeah. And even, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and even like in the early steps or like before World War II was released, like you can kind of tell the gameplay, uh, especially from the beta, was a little bland, a little bit slower paced than normal Call of Duties. So it was, it was kind of, I guess, somewhat of a warning sign to me. But um, but for Black Ops 4, watching the multiplayer gameplay, I kind of felt a certain way about Call of Duty that I hadn't felt in, you know, a few years, which which I'm really happy about. Yeah, like I said, um, I mean, right now we're not, we can't really talk about experience. Uh, we are just watching <laughs> uh, what other people are playing. But uh, overall, um, like what I'm saying, hopefully I get hands-on at some point, uh, even if it's just for like an hour or so, just because... Uh, you know, like, that's the biggest thing for me is, like, how the game feels. Like, uh, you know, again, it's right. one of those... We're at the point in most video games, honestly, like, there's... You can only do so much. It's it's more of the mechanics of the game that mean anything... Like, mean more than anything now. Uh, like I said... Exactly. <clears throat> excuse me. Like I said, the game looks a lot faster. It looks free-flowing. I like the look of it. Um, Like I said, we'll have to see um, how it actually plays out. And like I said, I'm in- I'm interested... Get, like, you know, for me, the battle royale mode is not going to make or break it for me. But I'm just saying in terms of, like, sale-wise, that might be, like, a big point. But um, anyway, I'm, like, excited to get at least, you know, try it out, see what that's about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to some sports now. Um, actually, well, hold up. Really quick before yeah, you ahead. move on. Uh, before you move on, I uh, while we were talking about this stuff... Um, I found uh, this article from uh, uh, from Windows Central. Basically, it points out that Treyarch. Uh, okay, well, first this well, this initial part was kind of confirmed for like a few months that um, Treyarch, um, specifically Black Ops Four, is going to be Battle.net exclusive for PC gamers, which is great news for PC gamers. But this this also might mean that um pc will in fact be cross-platform with black ops 4 which is interesting so i just read that article as you as you linked it um so he they they, they got, they're not saying it's ready yet but they're saying right. that there's definitely technology available to possibly do that in the future so i this it's probably not going to be something uh that comes with release unless something um, like a miracle happens but uh yeah i i I love the one line where uh where is it i gotta i gotta find it uh i gotta i gotta find it they basically yeah cross play seems to be a major push in the gaming industry right now people have been asking for this for like 10 years yeah i've been asking for it for like fucking ever i said the same thing i've always been like okay why why can't i play with the other people i you know I understand, like, if the, like, technology and, like, the ability just came out for it. Like, I understand that. But, like, to say, like, it's just now becoming a major push is completely false. Here, here's the thing. Here, well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I you know, talk about Fortnite and the cultural impact that's had. Fortnite's kind of part of why this is. The fact that PC yep. can play with Xbox and PlayStation. But, oh, God forbid, PlayStation tries to cross-play with... Uh, <laughs> It's and only you know, PlayStation. That that's the main problem. I mean, I'm sure there's technical aspects I don't know to make crossplay happen. However, I am convinced most of it is because the studios just don't want to be like, well, well, they can just buy a PlayStation and then just play with Xbox people. How, no, we want that kind of money. And it's mostly on Sony, I'm sure. 
because I mean, you you can see why, uh, you know, with their response to the whole Fortnite when they uh when they tried to move uh when people got it for the Switch and tried to move their uh Epic account over and it couldn't because it was a banned console. All right, now we're gonna move on to some sports stuff. Uh, the first two things we have here are very unfortunate two deaths in the sports world. The first one being Stan Makita, the former uh, Blackhawks uh, center. Um, he was uh, seventy-eight, uh, passed away a few days ago. Now um, he was diagnosed with dementia in twenty fifteen. Um, you know, interesting thing about Makita is he was actually one of the first players to use a curved stick, which is now obviously whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, what everybody uses in the NHL. And he was one of the innovators of that. Um, so um, he changed the game more than he, he knew it uh, back then. Um, he also played for 21 seasons, all with the Blackhawks. Uh, and again, like I said, he passed away this week uh, after a battle with dementia he, since he had from 2015. The other one, a uh, big one, this was in the news recently, uh, Jared Lyle um, was uh, diagnosed with uh, leukemia when he was, I want to I think when I read it before, I think he was 17 when he first suffered uh, from uh, leukemia, uh, kind of had, was, was okay for a while, and then just recently, uh, leukemia came back and, uh, you know, he was 36. Uh, he just passed away Wednesday as we record uh, Thursday. Um, he was – sorry, I'm just reading through this as I go because I don't want to mess anything up. But um, he was on the tour in 2016, um, and he was just on – he was taken off care just a, a week ago. And, again, like I said last night, uh, passed away. So uh, two unfortunate things. Um you know, prayers go to the families. I know, like I said, with the Jared Lyle story had been in the news, um, you know, the guy had been battling uh, for most of his life. Very unfortunate. Uh, But we just kind of wanted to get that out there to show um, our respects for it and acknowledge um, what had happened. And again, with Sam Akita, one of the big innovators in hockey, like I said, like, you know, him and his teammate, um, Bobby Hole, like with the curved stick, like that, that made more of an impact than maybe he thought at the time. But now it's what everybody uses and it's really changed the game. So, like I said, just wanted to uh, give our two cents on that. Uh, now, to some more uplifting news. Um, the suspicion that we had last week about Houston, uh, Houston picking up Carmelo Anthony is now verbal. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, what's your guys' yep. thoughts on this? And. <laughs> Houston's chances this year with, you know, being in the same league as the Warriors, which just seems unfair at this point. Well, the trade to the Hawks basically cemented the fact that Carmelo Anthony was going to go wherever the hell he wanted, which um, which at the time definitely seemed like it was going to be Houston or basically Houston or bust at that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good, you know, good for him, you know, at, finally at, at a team that uh, first of all, a team that wants him and then a team that he wants to go to. So, you know, I think um, I, I feel like he's going to have a better year than he did at OKC where he only averaged, you know, 16.2 points, which was very, he's, he's averaged uh, more than 20 uh, points per game each season, except when he played in OKC. So I definitely do think that um, he's going to play a lot better when he, 
uh, starts playing for Houston. So uh, good for him. Yeah, one of the things I actually seen, which I think is it was kind of a joke in the end of the day, but he had his uh, press conference to get um, introduced to the Rockets, and uh, or I don't know if it was a press conference for introduction or it was just, it was just a media scrum essentially. And one of the uh, media members asked him about coming off the bench, and of course that stirred up a bunch of talk. Um, but I mean, I would imagine he would be starting because they need, um, you know, they need a starting small forward, so I would assume. But it's kind of interesting how uh, that came about. But, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we kind of figured, you know, it was going to happen. Uh, Carmelo to Houston, kind of, uh, you know, the, the problem, I think, me, like myself, and a lot of people have with the NBA right now, like how top heavy it is. Um, but you know, a lot the teams got to compete with Golden State. Like <laughs> they're going to keep getting better, and they have been. And uh, you know, they're adding their kind of big three there in Houston. So we'll kind of see how that pans out. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough Western Conference this year. Let me tell you. Like you got Golden State, you got Houston. You know, obviously any team LeBron's on um, is going to be successful most likely. Um, you know. It's going to be the a, East looks the um, East looks kind of wide open. Well, I, I in think, my opinion, yeah, I think this. You know, a lot of people are saying the Raptors, which I think no, I I, I think the Celtics are going to take the East. Honestly, um, you know, depending on a healthy Kyrie and a healthy, well, really anybody, um, like you know, I think that's going to be the big thing. I think as much Atlanta as in the final series first, what? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you wish, man. As much of a Philly fan as I yeah. am, I think we probably take three seed behind Toronto, um, which, you know, I'm okay with, man. Like, think about the Sixers. Um, I'll just kind of, I don't want to go on a tangent about this. I just want to kind of put my two cents out there. It's like, this team is still so young. Like, <laughs> we got time. So. Um, but no, I think uh, I think it's going to make things interesting. Like I said, definitely in the West. Um, okay, next thing we want to talk about was the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight that just got scheduled. Um, Conor's return to the UFC. Uh, we all know about his incident um, <laughs> not too long ago. Um, so yeah, we. Uh, we just kind of want to discuss that. Do you guys know the actual? I th- want to say it's October twelfth. I want to say the fight it's, is. Uh, I just had it right here. It's uh, October sixth, UFC two twenty nine, back in Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. that's gonna be a good one, man. Like Khabib is a uh, Khabib is one of my favorite fighters in the in UFC right now, and. As much as an idiot as McGregor is, um, I actually have kind of liked him too. So it's going to be a good fight. Um, Note that Khabib is is undefeated. And uh, in case you guys didn't know or or didn't remember or aware, so Khabib was the one who threatened uh, uh, McGregor's teammate, who uh, I am forgetting uh, the name of at this moment, and that's what caused McGregor to sneak into the Barclays Center and attack the bus with Khabib in it. So this is kind of a grudge fight, which is why this is uh, gaining some traction. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. And uh, McGregor's been away for 21 months, and the last fight he had was when he won uh, 
the it became the first UFC fighter to uh, win two belts. So, uh, which was an awesome fight, an awesome day. I watched that one and was extremely happy. I like McGregor. Uh, also worth knowing that Khabib is an undefeated fighter. So there is a lot on this match. Uh, so it'll be a pretty good fight. So I know you're pretty in the UFC. At least that's what I remember. So I got a question for you because a lot of, I, you know, I've seen people say that this whole bus incident with McGregor was a setup. Uh, obviously, there's conspiracy theories going out. What do you th- like? Do you think it was just a promotion for this fight or like, you know, do you think it was realistic? Like, uh, I, I just want kind of want to get your take on it. I don't think we, I don't think McGregor is going to get arrested and having to pay fines and get in trouble with the NYPD for a fight. I mean, he definitely could afford it. I mean, he got I mean, you got paid ten million dollars for the Mayweather fight, so he definitely could afford it. I don't buy any conspiracy theories. McGregor has always seemed like the guy who's quick to you know defend anyone who he's associated with and you know take no BS from anybody. So when you know can be. Uh, said whatever to his teammate then yeah of course he was going to go for him like that should he should have attacked the bus probably not but you know no i don't really think it, it's that deep with the whole oh it's a promotion for the fight i'm not <laughs> saying it couldn't be i mean it you know this world's kind of crazy and the ufc is kind of crazy in terms of how they promote their fight so it's not like it couldn't have happened but i don't really buy that theory at all i i, I just I, I simply think it was just you know defending the other person kind of deal uh, so this yeah. fight was always in the making. There was really no guarantee at the time that McGregor was even coming back, at least from what I remember. Like he, I mean, he was going to come back at some point, but what? That was months ago when this happened. So it, yeah. it's weird. It, it just that that fight just made sense. So I, I don't know. I this fight's going to be a good one. I think at least I hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I'm a I would say I'm a new UFC fan. I'm not going to profess that like, I know all these fighters and stuff like that. But like I said, what I've seen of Khabib, I really like. And when I see Cena McGregor, obviously, you know, he's the big headline of the UFC with, you know, the fight with Mayweather. So everybody knows who his name is. But, um, mm. but yeah, it should be good. And like we said, October 6th. Uh, that'll be a good one. But no, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on that because <laughs> you read a bunch of things and it's like, oh, this was a setup and blah, you blah, blah. read a bunch of things. I People are looking for the next headline. Yeah, man. I mean, personally, I don't buy it. Uh, but yeah, don't I just kind of wanted to, to get your opinion. Yeah, uh, moving no, on, not buying it. Uh, we are going to uh, look at some of the MLB trade deadline trades and the trades uh, just before. Um, it is now a week after the trade deadline, so things are may be a little bit dated here, so bear with us. But we're kind of just going to go through some of the top trades. Um, I know Brendy is our um, one of the bigger baseball fans here, so kind of how we're going to do this is I'm going to go through the trades, and then um, if you guys have any input on them or how it affects the team going into the playoffs or you know what have you, you can kind of interject. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, there is a common theme <laughs> on on these trades. Uh, you got your shellers, like the Orioles, who I don't know what the record is now, but at the time of the trade deadline, they were twenty eight and seventy one, uh, and they <laughs> sold they sold everything. Uh, obviously, the first one we're going to talk about here, the big one, the big fish, capping about uh, a couple. Of, I think it was a week and a half before the deadline. Uh, Manny Machado goes to the Dodgers. Uh, for a few prospects, he's already made a pretty big impact. He had. Well, you know, it's funny. I've my uh, I, like I've watched him and like he's kind of struggled a little bit. He is like 
starting to pick it up now, but um, but yeah, like he uh, th- that was a big fish. That was everybody's talking about. You know, from being around the Philly area, a lot of people thought he was coming to Phillies. The problem I have, real quick, with Machado, I'm not, you know, let me actually finish the deal real quick because there was some obviously some significant pieces going back to the Orioles. One of them being, um. And first of all, before I get slewed for this, uh, the pronunciations may be a little off because these guys are prospects after all. But uh, you know, Diaz is the big prospect that went back to the um, to the Orioles. He is now the top ranked prospect in the Orioles system. Um, he was not in the Dodgers system, but you know the Dodgers have a pretty good farm system. But yes, he is an outfielder and. Uh, you know, somebody who should make a big impact down the road. And then the other big prospect was a right-handed pitcher, Dean Kramer, who is the number 13 prospect now in the Orioles system. But, uh, yeah, so the thing about Machado for me was that this guy, his contract at the end of the year is up. And I just have a feeling that he was only going to play for, like, two teams, maybe three. So – you obviously got the Yankees, who he was. Everybody was rumoring him with. Dodgers had been there for a while. Um, again, the problem with like for the Phillies' sake. Now, I'm not a Phillies fan, um, but I like to see their success. And honestly, I I kind of was hoping they didn't get him because I don't think he was gonna stay here. Like per se, like I think uh, he wanted to go to like an LA or like I said, like in New York and. Um, you know, he ended up doing that. I think they now, now it's interesting with the Dodgers because they have so many good, um, infielders now, like, you know, the other trade we're going to talk about, they got another infielder and like, what are they going to do? <laughs> like when all, like, right. they got so the one guy they're replacing is Corey Seager and because he's out, uh, getting Tommy John surgery or did get Tommy John surgery, I believe. So, what do you do? You're going to have a log jam. And, you know, what do you do uh, when they come back? Kind of wanted to get your opinion, Brandy, because, like I said, I know you have a, you're a pretty big baseball fan. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Could you repeat, like, the past, like, 10 seconds I disconnected? Uh, no, you're good. I was just saying that, um, wh- like, how do you feel about this Machado trade overall? Especially, you know, this year, obviously, um, they're going for it. They were in the World Series last year, the Dodgers. But, like, what do you think their chances are, like, locking him up long term? Um, uh, and, like, with the logjam, they now have kind of <laughs> essentially in, the, in their infield. Um, so, for the case for Manny Machado is pretty interesting uh, being traded to the Dodgers. Um, if you were to tell me, and you might think this is a little weird, but if he were to get traded, if he – if he were to get traded to the Yankees or the Phillies, like you said, um, I I would be pretty confident that he would sign a long-term deal. With the Dodgers, though, I'm not so sure anymore because um, the Dodgers are – they're kind of an interesting case, interesting case because um, they, have some, they have some pretty good prospects that they gave up to get Machado. And, you know, I'm not so sure if um, – like obviously those those guys probably weren't like they're not going to make a huge impact on the Dodgers right away, but um, 
the Dodgers now have to um, kind of figure out a way how to get it done. Um, not just in the, not just like this season, but in the long term, because you know they, it was kind of a big package, at least in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure this is going to be the best trade in the world for the Dodgers because uh, I'm not confident in a long term commitment from Machado, um, and I don't think that. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure, but um, one the only thing that and and here's another thing the um, one thing that might like kind of um, keep him in Los Angeles is I heard that he was a big Kobe Bryant fan and changed changed his number to number eight because he yeah. was a big Kobe Bryant fan. But that's yeah. re- like like as, as cheesy as that sounds, but like that's like but like I mean that's obviously good news if you're a Dodgers fan. I'm just not sure if that's enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing for the Dodgers, what they have going on with him right now is if he does resign, he's only 26. Right now, he's on a ridiculously good contract. He's only making yeah. $5 million this year for and, a player of his caliber. <laughs> and the reason why I'm so confident and why I would, why it would be so – like, obviously, this is, isn't possible now. Um, but – why I'm so confident uh, that the Phillies or the Yankees would be able to resign them is like they could have given up a lot more and still like been pretty good for the future. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think that's important to Manny Machado in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I think um, there's always going to be that trip. Like everybody, especially the, be- especially the, especially the Yankees, they like, yeah. they've got a loaded farm system. I mean, the Phillies do too, just not as good as the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, and that's a draw. Everybody wants to go to the Yankees, and um, could I see him going to the Yankees in the offseason? Absolutely. You kind of like, you have to see. Like I said, right now Corey Seager is out for the Dodgers for the year, and that's partially the reason they got Machado. So maybe if they get him as a rental and it works out this year, then you know, so be it. That worked out. You won the World Series, but um, you know, the, like you said before, the Dodgers are really interesting because the other cheer we're going to look at real quick was um, the Dodgers also acquired Brian Dozier from the Twins, um, another infielder, second baseman. Again, you kind of have this logjam effect, and I guess it's a good problem to have, but now you have this stacked in – like your team is stacked. Like you got like basically all-stars on the bench. Again, good problem mm-hmm. to have. But where – you know, if it doesn't work out, now, another thing we're going to discuss later in the show is there's no obviously no salary cap in baseball. So what money you have, you can spend it. But um, you just have to think, like, one of these guys is going to have to go at some point. So um, all these transactions are like, hey, man, I hope it works out for them because they're giving up a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, they're giving up a lot of prospects for them. Not all high end, but, you know, with the Machado trade, they gave up five you know, five prospects. So, um, right. And and I like, I definitely like the Dozier trade a lot more than the Machado. They, and like, you know, they didn't really give up much for, um, like much for Dozier either. Not at all. It wasn't like most of the guys that they traded or like, yeah, most of the guys that they traded, um, had a lot of question marks. Uh, so they were kind of like hit or miss for the twins. So they, the Dodgers in that trade traded Logan Forth, Scythe, and two prospects. So essentially, and the two prospects weren't like top end prospects. So Luke Rayleigh and Devin Smeltzer. 
Yeah, so essentially you're just giving up. You're replacing Forsyth with Dozier, who's an upgrade, and then you're getting you're giving two prospects who, again, like I said, weren't top prospects. That one right. was interesting for me because, you know, Dozier was like arguably the twin, like one of the Twins' better players for the past few years, and they didn't really get anything back for him, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was the Dodgers making moves, like I said. They are – all out for the World Series, which they should be. They have a stacked team. You know, like, a team like that's fun to watch, too. Um, I do watch the Dodgers quite often for some – like, I don't really have a reason, but they're just a fun team to watch with Bellinger. Um, they're, like, a, you know, a pretty uh, good home run hitting team, and Machado adds that, and Dozier as well. Dozier's actually played really well since arriving to the Dodgers, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that works out. Uh, the next trade we have here is the Yankees, of course, getting into it, uh, acquiring J.A. Happ from the Blue Jays for infielder Brandon Jury and Billy McKinney, an outfielder prospect. Um, now, going back to the point I made before about the whole salary cap thing, like, this is just, again, it, I don't know. I love baseball, man. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's just – this is one of those things where it's like, oh, the Yankees, like, bolstered their – starting rotation again because they can and they have all these prospects and all like there's no cap so like they can do whatever they want um now the yankees made a lot of trades jay half like don't get me wrong like he's older now um but he strengthens that already good you know like that 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 rotation excuse me um like what do you what are your thoughts on the Yankees? Well, actually, you know, before I do, let me get to the moves they made because they also made another trade with the Orioles, of course, getting a closer Zach Britton for three prospects. Uh, one of them prospects they did give up, though, being Dylan Tate, who was a 2015 first-round pick. Uh, he's been riddled with injuries for his whole career, so we'll kind of see how that pans out. Um and then they also made another minor deal for um, another pitcher who's escaping my mind right now. Um, and, oh, my God, I can't think of his name. He's played for the Cardinals. Uh, anyway, uh, Bernie, what is your thoughts on, like, you know, the Yankees being able to add essentially whatever they want? <laughs> um, well, I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because, um, let's see, I'm just doing some research on this just to be 100% sure. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm right. So the Yankees last won the World Series, I believe, in 2009. Uh, yeah. Mike, someone might need to look that up for me. Just no, to it, it is. It was 2009. They beat the Phillies that year. Right, and the major Major League Baseball, obviously, not not really having a salary cap, the Yankees are able to just um, trade for whoever they want and buy for whoever they want because they have an you know, they have probably the best fucking owners in Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, um, teams are still able to compete um, in Major League Baseball somehow, which is which is great. You know, the fucking we never we would have never thought that the Houston Astros would have won the World Series last year. I'd, well, I guess with their like lineup, we would have, but like. Mm-hmm. Like with like with their ownership group and uh, their general manager, um, like they obviously they got a big time player in Jose Altuve. Um, it, but, real quick, so it's funny because the Astros were one of the worst franchises <laughs> for years, right? 
Uh, and, right. and to your point earlier, like one of the teams really succeeding this year, which has been nice to see, is the Athletics, who are, I think are like 21 games or something over 500 right now. Yeah. And they're a team that is on like a very low budget. So, like, yeah. you know, I just kind of want to add that point in. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I always called the Athletics the MLB's forgotten team because sometimes people like sometimes people just for, forget forget that they're there because like they don't have any like big time names or anything right. close, close to resembling that. Uh, the interesting thing about the Astros though, is that they were still able to get it all done despite um, being one of the worst teams for the longest time. Um, and a lot of the, that has to do with the draft and, you know, hitting with their um, hitting with their prospects um, and having a foundation for success later on. Um, but obviously the New York Yankees, they have a completely different way. They're just like, all right, we're going to spend all this money <laughs> on a good farm system and good players so that we can win now and for years to come. With that yeah. said, um, the Yankees, like with that mentality, they probably should be more successful than they are. Um, like since, let's see, since, since 2000 or since 2001, they've only won one World Series, and that was in 2009. Mm-hmm. So um, they've they they haven't even won that many pennants either. They've they won the pennant in 2003, and then obviously in 2009, and I think in 2001 as well. But that's you know three pennants in you know 17 years. Not necessarily the best for a team that is um, spending you know all this shit ton of money and yeah. Uh, only getting three pennants in return, you know, that, um, and like, that's not a bash of the ownership, but it just goes to show that it may not be the best model for success. Now, obviously their 27 world series titles would say otherwise. Um, <laughs> but in the, it just, it does go to show that just about any team could compete in major league baseball any given year. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you, though, because you would think with, again, the money they're making. And there was a time, you know, like, I feel like it was only a couple of years ago where the Yankees, like, they sucked. <laughs> like, and it's like, right. how, how, I don't understand. But, um, but yeah, I do agree. You'd think. Now, they are in a division with the Red Sox, who is another team that has unlimited cap. But, um, but yeah. Uh, by the way, just at the point earlier, the Yankees also added Lance Lynn who was the other pitcher I was thinking of that they added. Um, Moving on to the next trade, uh, again, uh, go figure. The Orioles are back at it. They traded Jonathan Scope to the uh, Brewers in exchange for Jonathan VR and Luis Ortiz and another prospect. Um, Now, Luis Ortiz is the interesting piece that they got back in this. He is a uh, former first-round pick in 2014. but again, the Orioles just giving up everybody for uh, prospects, which again, I guess it's not, it's a great thing to do because literally, again, that was one of the worst records I've ever seen. Like, I, I you know, just went on to the standings and I'm like, oh, let's see. And then I just scroll down and there's the Orioles. So, um, yeah, go ahead, man. Sell the whole, sell the whole farm, get like restock everything. Um, but, yeah, that was another trade from the Orioles. And then the uh, Brewers also added uh, Mike Moustakis from the Royals. Now, the, the Brewers are an interesting case because 
they kind of came – I don't want to say they came out of nowhere last year, but they were kind of the MLB darling in terms of, like, how well they were doing. And now the Brew Crew are, like, a team to be reckon, reckoned with. Um, They're a game and a half behind Chicago for lead in the NL Central. Yeah, and now the, the NL Central, I will say, has taken a step back in the year, like in the last year or two. But for a long time, that was the best division in baseball. I, like at, at least in my opinion, um, and now and that was when the Brewers sucked, and now the Brewers are where they are, along with the other teams. It's it's a tough division, but uh, Brandy, like, how do you think with these additions, like they're going to fare going forward? Like, you know, if they can make the playoffs, or at least in a in a postseason, or, or, or like trying to get to the postseason, at least in the late games in September. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to stay very long on this um, just because uh, we're kind of a little short on time. Yeah, I got you. Um, but I don't see how this, this is, this might be kind of an unpopular opinion. Um, I don't necessarily see how this is going to help the brewers at all um, because the brewers, to be completely honest, they didn't really get much. Um, you know, sure they they got a few. Um, they got a few. Uh, let's see, who who can you remind me of that trade just to be just uh, to be, yeah. sorry the Mastakis trade or the Scope trade? The Scope trade. So the Brewers got Scope in exchange for VR um, Lewis Ortiz, like I said, who was a first round pick in 2014, another like middle range prospect. All right, so. I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily believe in uh in how do you press it scope is it yeah Jonathan scope yeah okay so I'm not necessarily sold on scope I don't think he's gonna cause the Brewers to jump into the playoffs I believe if the Brewers make the playoffs it's gonna be from what they already had um, and uh, I don't really know a whole lot about the uh, the minor leaguers that they gave up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also not, don't really know a whole lot about, um, about, uh, VR either, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, but I'm just not necessarily sold on scope being the, you know, the person to take the brewers to the promised land. Um, Honestly, and I, and I feel like they gave up, I feel like they gave up, uh, you know, if, if these minor leaguers are, um, any good, I re- I actually, I'm not entirely too sure about this trade for either side in general, but I'm definitely unsure about it for the Brewers. I think out of the two trades, I think the trade that makes more sense, at least in my eyes, was the Mustakas trade for the Brewers. Now, uh, my idea of VR, the guy they gave up, is he is like scope is essentially an upgrade on him. Um, so, you know, they, they gave up a little bit, got a prospect out of it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the Brewers are, it's like, I think what you said before, like, what they already have, like, that's a, that's a team, like, I don't want to run into in the postseason. Uh, right. Like, I, they have some good bats. Their pitching is, is really, you know, come along. Um, yeah, like I said, that's a team that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like, these pieces. They they might be clutch in the postseason time, but we'll see. Uh, we'll just touch on, I guess, two more trades here. Uh, one from 
Brundy's favorite team and one for my favorite team. We'll go to Brundy's first. Uh, the Braves, uh, surprise, surprise, for, get from the Orioles, Kevin Galsman and Darren O'Day uh, for four prospects, um, including uh, Gene Carlos Encarnacion, who is the 14th best, best Braves prospect. Uh, Brundy, I'll let you take this. What is your interpretation of the trade? Um, personally, I um, I like the trade. Don't love it. I feel like um, we didn't necessarily um, we did not necessarily need to um, add any pieces. Like I think the biggest thing that we needed was the bullpen. So I'm glad that we addressed that. Um, but I do feel like we gave up. Um, I do feel like we gave up a significant, not a significant, but like just a good amount of prospects in return yeah. for, in return for something that may or may not work. Um, with that said, um, the Braves bullprint bullpen was their biggest problem all season. Um, so which is, which is nice because like if the, if your bullpen is like the biggest problem, then chances are like you're, um, at least you're, you know, that's kind of a good sign for your team because you can kind of get some bullpen arms for yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, obviously you're not having to worry about offense or defense or starting pitching, um, which, you know, the Braves have obviously very, very good starting pitching. Um, so I would say I like the trade. I don't necessarily love it. Yeah, one thing I'll add, they are getting some decent prospects back, but for them it almost seems like, quantity was better than quality like you you look at these trades like you know for the machado trade like they got the diaz you know diaz who is now the number one prospect but like you feel like for machado like a guy that that good like you can get like you know maybe two top 10 prospects maybe like a you i don't know like i think maybe like you, you take two really good prospects over five okay prospects but like they kind of seem to go for like qual like uh, quantity for quantity. I don't know. The Orioles are interesting um, because, like we said, they kind of gave up everything. Uh, I see them being a pretty bad team for a while, so we'll kind of see. Speaking of bad teams, Pittsburgh Pirates, my favorite team, um, who are actually having a pretty decent year, uh, surprisingly. They got Chris Archer from the Tampa Bay Rays for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. Um, to be honest, I didn't see this one coming uh, because the the Pirates at the time of the trade, I believe, were like a game or two or 500, which like I honestly thought we were going to be a bottom like three team this year. So I didn't know if we were going to add. We have our owner is so stingy and, uh, you know, spending money. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got Chris Archer uh, now our ace or I don't know. Like either our first or second best pitcher, I would say, and then we gave up Austin Meadows, who is was our probably our best prospect. But he's one of those guys, unfortunately, which I hate about baseball, who is getting killed by the shift. Um, like the left-handed <laughs> batters are just—it's it, like you know he's just one of those guys. Like he just hits into the shift all day. Uh, and Tyler Glasnow was again one of those like he was a a prospect that. All the Pirates fans heard for years, like, this is the next guy. This guy is huge. I want to say he's, like, 6'8 or something like that. Like, this guy has a huge arm, um, and he's now 24, never really panned out. 
Um, I'm okay with this trade, honestly. Like, Chris Archer's 29. He's on a pretty team-friendly deal for right now. Um, and, uh, and you know, I don't think – I mean, I know it's not going to turn out to anything this year, but if they start to build up their prospects a little bit, maybe you're looking three, four, you know, years down the line. Um, Archer is a huge, you know, piece in, in, a, in a team that has great success. We'll, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, we're going to wrap up the trade deadline there. Uh, I know there's a lot of information, a lot of things happening in the baseball world. Um, but now we're going to go over – we're going to come back to the uh, MLB in a little bit uh, to talk about the salary caps, maybe just for a few more minutes because uh, I know we kind of touched on it there. Uh, but right now we're going to give it to Brendy for his In Case You Missed It segment. All right, so in case you missed it, it is brought to you by no one. All right, moving on. All right, so <laughs> uh, so you guys may or may not have heard of a, a gentleman named O.J. Simpson. Uh, yeah, I've heard, never heard, heard of him. Very, very yeah, nice uh, spiff, spiffing fellow. All right, so O.J. Simpson. I think it's a glove salesman or something. Uh, yeah, some, 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 something like that. Okay, so obviously you guys know O.J. Simpson served nine years in prison. Um for, um, well, uh, reasons. So <laughs> apparently in a video released by TMZ Sports, um, Simpson, um, after his release from prison, uh, basically said that um, in Las Vegas, he's treated like a superstar and, quote, being a felon ain't all that bad. What are your guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, that would, that's definitely something Simpson would say for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah I mean I don't have much to add on this because I think uh, we all know who OJ is but that's mm. again sounds about right <laughs> yeah I uh, so funny uh, this I think what back in May or June I watched the people versus OJ Simpson uh, uh, series that FX produced so it was uh, I, oh God, I forgot how many episodes it was I think it was 10 or something like yeah, that uh, I watched uh, it was pretty good actually yeah, uh, dramatization of the whole, uh, you know, OJ and, uh, uh, you know, OJ says a murder story. Uh, I never knew, I didn't know that much that, uh, about it until I really watched this. And so, I, uh, you know, it was a very interesting time uh, when this all happened. And that's not even what he even went to jail for. Obviously, he got not guilty for that and then went in for other, I think, kidnapping charges or something like that. But, yeah, OJ is obviously the guy who likes to just, talk and say outlandish things so him coming out and saying something like that really not is not too surprising to me um I, I, it's it's so funny he has notoriety for getting off of a big crime and then going back into jail and he's still a big name so of course he's probably still getting paid and treated like the movie star or whatever it's 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 kind of absurd when you think about it yeah, so I mean, the man will talk and the man will do, but uh, he's treated like a superstar in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's moving, a... so moving on to the next story, anyway. Uh, and I'm trying to load up a video for the next story, but all right. So you guys may or may not uh, be familiar with the Major League Soccer team, the Columbus Crew. Yes. So. <laughs> 
there is a push to move the Columbus crew to Austin, Texas. Um, and the reason for that is that Austin, Texas, um, for some like for some reason, had the highest uh, World Cup viewership of any city in America. What? Mm, that's actually um, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there is, uh, but but the put the push to move the the crew to Austin uh, started way before the World Cup. Like started um, back when the uh, the ownership of the crew announced that they were unable to get a new stadium. Mm-hmm. So the um, so the ownership has been trying to get a new uh, a new stadium in Austin, Texas, and there will be a vote going uh, going on today, August 9th, uh, twenty eighteen. Um, that um, uh, vote. Sorry, hang on. <laughs> Gather your <Okay>. words. <laughs> okay, yeah, just cut cut that part out. Okay. <laughs> So there, there will be a vote by Austin, uh, by Austin, Texas, to begin funding on a new stadium in Austin, Texas. And if that goes through, then the Columbus Crew will officially become the Austin Crew. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So, and keep so in mind, the Columbus I, Crew were the first ever MLS team. Yeah, I'll kind of interject here. Now, I'm a big soccer fan. I'm not the biggest MLS fan, which I know is very, you know, like, I'm not trying to be cool by saying that or something, but anyway, um, yeah, I think the way MLS is going right now, they've already expanded the league um, in the past few years. Um, Now, like you said before, it's interesting with the viewership with the World Cup in Austin. Um, I've seen reports about this, about, like, still expansion of the MLS, and I've seen Austin or Texas, you know, like, cities in Texas be there. Um, So I think a team will move there. Will it be the crew? Maybe. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think, like, again, the MLS is growing, which is nice to see. Um, But, yeah, like I said, that is actually really interesting. Of all places, Austin, Texas being the most – having the most views for the World Cup. But we'll see. Like I said, uh, MLS is growing, and um, the crew kind of, uh, you know, being the being the first team is a little bit nostalgic, so we'll kind of see what happens with that. But, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. It, it, you know, you know I, I can't say, is there already a, excuse my ignorance, I'm not too familiar with the MLS, Uh as you know, all the teams evolved. Is there a team in Texas already? Yeah, the well, it's the um, Jesus Houston Christ. Dynamo. Yeah, Houston. I don't know why that escaped me. And uh, there's yeah. also Dallas FC. Okay, yeah. I just I can't help but think like, man, they're gonna be in Austin, Texas, and they're gonna be playing soccer. It's gonna be like 120 degrees down there, man. It's gonna be brutal. No, that's, 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 right that's, that's completely right. And oh would it God. would it be? Correct me if I'm wrong, but would it be the only? Um, would it be the only like professional sport uh, in Austin? I think isn't um, on a professional level. Um, yeah, actually, you might be right. It might be because I, I, for some reason, I thought the the uh, oh my god, the stars. But because I know it's Dallas, but like I, I think they're based out a little bit out of Dallas. If I'm wrong, maybe I don't know. I might be wrong about that. But anyway, yeah, you. Might be wrong about that. All right. Well, any. I see a bunch of minor leagues. 
Yeah, which is fitting for Texas. I feel like there's a minor league team on every block for every sport. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I mean there's got there's a ton of sports down there. I just I don't think they have any professional like football or hockey yeah, or soccer. Like Bobby said, like you know, I'm looking. I I don't see it's because, it, and we're only saying this because like you know, just for example, like in hockey, the the Arizona Coyotes, like they were based in Phoenix for a while, but they're really not in Phoenix. They're like in Glendale, which is a completely different city. So like this happens with other teams. So we're not like uh, I mean, trying NCAA, to sound dumb here, but... <laughs> uh AAA, the Round Rock Express is yeah. from there. AAA. A uh, bunch of NCAA, obviously Texas Longhorns, uh, De- Texas Stars, AHL. Um, okay, that's who I was thinking. Of. That's yeah, Dallas, I, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking of Dallas, but I, you know, I was there. It's their farm team. I mean, yeah, either uh, either way, it, it, like I guess the cool thing about that is like obviously geographically, you know, when you have teams together, that's what formed rivalries. So right. having three teams in Texas. That could be interesting. Um, like I said, the expansion with the MLS, um, it's 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 pretty cool. Like I said, they've they just expanded again this year with the uh, new LA team. Mm. So uh, yeah, it'll be kind of uh, I don't I don't know. I, again, like it's funny to me because I, I've I've been to a couple uh, like the union games around here for the Philadelphia Union for the MLS team, and it's like the couple times I've went, I've seen the crew two times. So it's like <laughs> it would kind of be like almost nostalgic. It's as funny as that sounds, just because uh, you know, like I said, they're the pioneer, and um, but we'll see what happens with that. But Brendy, when you are ready, you can well, move so, on to your real quick. Not to end on, so it's actually funny. So. Uh, Brandon made a good point because it says, I mean, this is the Wikipedia play- page, so please take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it says that Austin is the largest city in the U.S. without any club in a major professional sports league. Okay, there you go. So, there you go. So, uh, Brandon, you can move on now. Sorry, I just wanted to add that so quickly. It appears that uh, Austin, Texas, or that Major League Soccer will be the uh, first professional sports franchise to yeah, be so. in Austin, Texas. If it gets right. past. Yeah. Moving on to the next story. You guys may or may not know who Joe Simpson is. No relation I, to OJ. I read up I read up on this. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> All right. So, so Joe Simpson is an analyst for the Atlanta Braves. Um he's uh he's on the he's in the broadcast booth uh with uh Chip Carey. Mm-hmm. Um so there was a game, I think it was August. It might may have been yesterday, so August eighth. Um, it was Atlanta versus Washington, um, and Braves won uh, eight to two or eight to three or something like that. So, you guys have have you guys heard of uh, Juan Soto? Yeah, one of the more talented prospects. In the very NFL. very promising rookie for the Washington Nationals. He's currently um, batting, I believe, three eleven with fourteen homers and thirty nine ribbies. Yep. So, uh, Joe Simpson, um, during the broadcast, acknowledged the success of Juan Soto and said, um, you know, he, does, he doesn't exactly appear to be 19 years old. You know, he's a big guy. Let me play the audio clip for you guys right now. Mm-hmm. He is, if he's 19, he's got his... 
Okay, that was a failed attempt at that, Very dude. Strong. Could you guys not hear that? Uh, it kept cutting in and out. So uh, keep talking about it. I will get the audio clip and play it in full quality for you. That, okay. That's fine. I mean, what I, I've actually seen the clip before, and I, and I know what he's talking about. He's essentially saying that he's questioning Soto's age uh, because of, I, I don't know, if, like I guess his presentation altogether, like the way he looks, but I guess his success. And um, I did see that a lot of people – we're hating on him, of course, on social media. <laughs> uh, okay, so here I'll, I'll I'll link it to you, Bobby, if that if that's easier yes. that way. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so here I'll just I'll just read exactly what he said. He said, "If he's nineteen, he has certainly got his man growth. Uh, um, he is big and strong." Uh, yep. The comment obviously drew a response from Nationals GM Mike Rizzo. Later, spoke to Simpson about it. Um, and I'm not sure what, uh, transpired between the two. Um, but Joe Simpson, this is not the only time he's had a controversial comment on the air. So what are you guys thoughts on that? So, um, <laughs> I don't know why, but the, I, I, the first thing I thought about this was that scene from bench warmers when he's like, <laughs> when he goes in the piece of paper and he's like, I'm 12. Uh, but no, honestly, I think I, it was just a dumb comment, and uh, oh my God. and I've heard Joe Simpson in the news before. Um, like I, you know, I don't get the broadcast down like up here, obviously for the uh, the Braves, but I, I've I don't know. He's just one of those. It's probably not. It's that, probably not the only Joe Simpson story you've heard. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Joe Simpson's like one of those guys. Like, there's just some broadcasters that just don't care, <laughs> and, <when they> say <laughs> anything, and that's exactly what happened. I, he did apologize for it. I mean, what right. that means, I don't know. Again, I think honestly, more than anything, he was just just trying to make a comment just to get. I, I don't know. I don't think get a rise. Yeah. Okay. I don't so I have the audio clip, so I'll play it right now. This right. is what he said during the game. This is Joe Simpson. Two balls, one strike. And he is, if he's 19, he has certainly got his man growth. So there's that. And that uh, that comes from uh, 106.7, the fan. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's just a dumb comment. Like we'll leave it at that. I, I think, it, like I said, he apologized for it. Um, will this be the last we see of Joe Simpson? No, he'll no. come up again. No, no. <laughs> I'm a Braves fan, and I say no. no. But yeah, but uh, but I did All say right. that. All right, last story from in case you missed it. Uh, this is a story that came from the Washington Post, and this is non-sports related, and it's uh non-gaming related so hopefully it's a little bit of a change so uh i didn't know this apparently poppy seeds can cause you to fail a drug test <laughs> i did see this what <laughs> okay so it, it sounds like a shitty excuse to say that a poppy seed made you fail a drug test but apparently it's because they're derived from opium Oh, okay. Um, and I, that's exactly you know. yep. that's exactly what happened to a mom right. in Maryland. Um, this happened back in April, but it was it was just found out. Right. Uh, she gave birth in the hospital um, mm -hmm. back in April, um, and apparently, like the 
like a few hours before or like the day before the same morning whatever she had a poppy seed um bagel uh on the same it says on the same morning that she went into labor and while she was having contractions the doctor came in into the hospital and informed her that she tested positive for opiates uh recall and apparently she had heard that poppy seeds resulted in in a false positive so she asked the doctor to test her again and the doctor basically refused um so they had to keep the they had to keep the newborn daughter in the hospital for five days to be monitored um and apparently her experience isn't necessarily unique and it's happened a few times in the past before what are you guys thoughts on that on a doctor that basically refused to give a second drug test um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, this, was on Twitter, this was on Twitter Moments, I think, yesterday or something like that. So I seen this. I didn't really read into it, I will say, but um, I, <laughs> it's just one of those like weird things that like happens. Like, you know, I, I don't, I would have never thought, I would have never even thought about that, like as like a possible thing for a, a <laughs> like a drug. Um, it's. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's honestly mind-blowing. It's just so weird. It's like just a, a weird thing. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's just, yeah, that is just strange. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I, it's one of those weird stories you read, just like, huh? Okay, then. Yeah, yeah that, that's just one of those things. And I see stuff like that all the time, and I'm like, huh? It's interesting. Yeah, uh, that's essentially where I was going with that. Like, you know, it's just you see like weird crap like this all the time like it's just like well i mean in this case we know how they found out but like how does this stuff even come about and why am i seeing this on twitter moments right uh, but yeah <laughs> yeah so my sister does. my sister all the time will be on you know she's she she looks at i don't really look at the twitter moments i'm just looking through the people i'm following already uh but she'll she'll do twitter moments like oh my god you see this video i'm like and it's like the strangest thing I ever watched. It's 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 just odd, but yeah. Um. Yeah. I actually, yeah, like I said, I I just it's one of those weird things. But um, <laughs> that is interesting. That is another uh, installment of the. Uh, I guess we're just gonna call it in case you missed it. But I was gonna come up with something special there, but I'll uh, leave it at that. Bernie, so, hopefully, you guys it. enjoyed this week. So before we move on, I do want to offer some breaking news, video game wise, if anybody is interested. Um, you guys interested? Yeah, let's yeah. hear it. All right. So and, and now it's not really much to talk about, but it's worth noting because since this is a pretty big release. Uh, so about an hour ago, Rockstar Games has officially released the gameplay trailer for Red Dead Redemption Two. Ooh, Ooh. let's go! I'm so excited for that game. Yep, me too. I, uh... I'm actually like replaying or about the I, I had the PlayStation pass for um PlayStation 4 so I was replaying the game and um yeah that game is awesome man. The fu- uh, the funny thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 there is a challenge in D- GTA 5 where you have to find a golden revolver. And if you get if you find the golden revolver and then get 50 headshots on other players you get the special golden revolver in Red Dead too. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I and I got that, so I'm 
interested to see what that would look like in Red Dead. Because I think um, they delayed that, like, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought, like, it was supposed to come out, like, this fall, like, when they first announced it. Like, I think they said, like, fall 2018. But then I think they got, like, pushed back. Um, mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know the actually let me look that up real quick. The I don't know the official it, release yeah, date. The official release date is October twenty sixth. Oh, okay, so it is this. Okay, cool. Because I, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I'd heard reports or at least I thought I did about um it coming. It was supposed to be this fall, but then it was going to be pushed back to the winter. So that's good. Um, again, like I said, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that game. Uh, Rockstar yep. always puts out like really good content um obviously with gta and uh being the main attraction there all right so we're going to move on to our last two topics here um we were talking about the uh, mlb um salary cap um not issue but uh like you were just talking about why that could be problematic in the mlb i just kind of want to i I don't want to talk about it too much more but let's just kind of touch on it um you kind of heard my um you know thing about it here's the thing with me in baseball it it just feels like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer it kind of that deal like for example like in the off season um when the pirates thought they were going to be bad and unloaded um they unloaded their ace pitcher garrett cole to the houston astros um who you know were able to take on his salary and then they ended up giving prospects who you know, they're now granted they are working out. <laughs> I will say for the Pirates, um, you know, one of them being Joe Musgrove, who's like a, I think their third pitcher, like starting pitcher right now. But um, but yeah, like it just if you don't have a salary cap, you can literally just let teams like the rich, like it just rich teams thrive. So you know, I, I know you kind of talked about it before when we were talking, but like, what's your What's your overall opinion on it? Like, do you think it's like, and I'm not, I was going to say, like, do you think it will ever be implemented? I don't think it's ever going to be implemented, but like, what are your just overall thoughts on it? Like no salary cap. Um, well, in terms of major league baseball, clearly it's worked. Um, well, okay. I shouldn't say clearly, but it, it, it just, it's, it has worked. Yeah. Um, because, Nowadays, I feel like it, maybe not so much in the past, but I definitely do feel like nowadays, um, just about any team could compete because the thing about baseball is like it doesn't matter um, if you're if you're Bryce Harper or if you're you know fucking the worst baseball player on the planet. At the <laughs> end of the day, if you can hit the ball. Um, your team's going to do well, no matter what. Well, you know, we were talking about before with the athletics. Like, that's one of those teams that just doesn't have much of a budget, and they're doing great this year. Honestly, like, and you were also talking about the Astros with how well they drafted. Like, that's a big part of it. Like, there is more rounds than there should be in the MLB draft. You got to hit on your prospects. 40 rounds to be specific. Yeah, like, which is insane to me still. But anyway, um, you got to hit on your prospects, and especially those, you know, first couple, you know, rounds. You got to hit. And a lot of teams, um, you know, like the like the teams that just don't have budget who are now succeeding have, like we said before, the Houston Astros, like, literally built 
themselves on the fact that uh, that they're drafting. Um, Bregman was another one of their like you know I think he was a second overall pick and he's uh, really um, you know turned out. So yeah, I just it's just frustrating, man. Like again, and maybe it's just me because I, I'm a fan again of the Pirates and our owner just doesn't want to spend money. And you can't you can't be competitive if you don't spend money in baseball. And maybe that's why I have a skewed opinion on this. But right, I mean, didn't you guys have twenty consecutive losing seasons? Uh yes, yeah, something like that. And, and then was, that, was that was that? And um, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but was that under the same ownership group? Like I that don't, whole time. I, I I think part of it was. I don't know all because I you know I, I just. Like recently, not recently, but baseball has always been like on the back burner for me. So like I'm not all in it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's actually a petition going out last year for the Pirates to to get rid of their like for the owner to sell the team, but that's just not happening. Right, um, owner's anyway, gonna gonna own and make that money. But like even you see like the the trade they made, like they got a player in terms of Chris Archer, and it's just like. You know, it's good because they got him on a team-friendly deal. But it's also one of those things where they got him on a team-friendly deal because their owner doesn't want to spend money. So, right. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's just – I personally, for me, I like salary cap in sports just because, like I said, every team can be competitive. You're seeing with the NHL now, the sport that I'm most familiar with, um, you know, obviously you have your, like, bottom three or four teams who absolutely suck. But then, like, mm-hmm. for the most part, like, everybody's basically in the playoff line. Like, it's pretty competitive through most of the year for most of the teams. Right. Obviously, when you get down to the end, you know, obviously some teams are mathematically out, so then that happens. But for the most part, like, it's pretty competitive throughout the year. So, uh, right. will baseball ever change with us? Probably not. I mean, baseball is, like, the old-fashioned way. Um America's pastime, as they say. So, um, and if, yeah. if it's if it's like been successful as long as it has, they're not going to change it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, baseball is fun for the reasons as as it is. I enjoy baseball, I like watching it. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll kind of have to see. But like, you know, when we're talking about the MLB trade deadline, you see the Yankees and the Dodgers going out there and acquiring superstars because they can. Um, Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that just, just makes the MLB what it is. But uh, yeah, I kind of just wanted to clean up on that topic. And the last thing we're going to talk about, something that uh, me and Brendy are really into. Um, I mean, I'm starting, I've always been into soccer, but MLS specifically getting more into now with it growing in the U.S. Uh, I wanted to talk about a concept that is used in European soccer, um, which is a pro, uh, promotion relegation system. Basically, to, I'll explain it real quick for anybody who doesn't know what that is. Um, so I'll use England. I'll use English soccer for an example. So you have your top league, which is the Premier League, and you have like a ton of leagues under that. That's like or you know below it. So below the Premier League is something called the Championship. So every year, uh, depending on the results of the the league, the top the sorry, the bottom three teams of the Premier League get demoted to the championship and the top three teams from the championship get promoted to the Premier League. So essentially you're you know if depending on how you do, you can either get promoted to a better league and 
you know, get more money from it essentially um, and, you know, build your brand or you can suck and, <laughs> and get demoted and then kind of have to start from the beginning. So uh, me and Bernie talked about this already. We ha- so we kind of know where we're going with this, but we have different views on this. So we kind of just want to talk about it for a few minutes here, kind of pick our brains at it. Um, now, you know, the MLS is expanding, so that's kind of why we are talking about it, because there is some talks, uh, like you see some people write about it. Uh, so, yeah, we just kind of want to, you know, again, talk about it ourselves. So, Brendy, I will let you start off um, with your opinion on the system and like why. So we're, we're real quick, we're going to essentially talk about like how it would affect the MLS, not necessarily mm-hmm. how it is now. So, Brendy, take the floor on uh, what you think about the uh, that system. All right. So obviously, USA not having uh, pro uh, pro rail, that's kind of been a talking point uh, repeatedly uh, throughout Major League Soccer. Um, many um, many leagues um, implement that system. Uh, there's only a few. I know. Let's see. Austra- I'm pretty sure Australia doesn't have pro rail and like i think maybe like india doesn't either yeah so if like for the most part soccer wise at least it's like your big europeans you know european countries so you got your excuse me england germany spain italy france like those are the leagues where you see it the most i mean other leagues obviously have it but that's where people are going to know it from right so uh, so anyway um but major league soccer does not have it and um, the argument usually is that um, in order for Major League Soccer to see its true full potential, um, pro rail should be established in order to um, have some, like, let's say, for example, USL would probably be Division Two, mm-hmm. um, And then Division Three, Four, Five, it, it would just kind of depend from there. But specifically for USL, if there's a team in the USL United Soccer League that is like over the top successful. Um, it's been suggested that you know they should be promoted to Major League Soccer, um, which uh, which has been argued for basically since the beginning of Major League Soccer. But I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. Uh, and the basis for my reasoning is um, in the top. Um, the the top leagues in Europe, uh, and I'll just use the Premier League as a, my starting point. Um, it seems like every year, um, in it seems like every year in the Premier League, it's the top teams are usually going to be Manchester City, Man U, maybe like maybe Chelsea, uh, in in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but then other than that, like it's, um. It's kind of it's it's pretty predictable who's going to finish at the top of the league tables each year. Um, whereas in Major League Soccer, you saw you saw Atlanta United finish as the uh, the fourth seed in their first their first ever season, um, which was which is great for for me as an Atlanta United fan. Um, but in terms of pro rel, I'm not entirely sure that would help. Uh, um, Basically, what I'm trying to go with this is I believe it would cause the league to become too top-heavy, as it has been for 
uh, major European leagues, such as the Premier League. Like, you're not going to hear about a team like um, Bournemouth or Stoke City, you know, um, finishing the top of the league table because that that's not going to happen unless, like, some sort of miracle happens. Which, or, well, which is funny, like, and I'm not going to make my point for it, but just, like, a couple, what was it, two years ago now, Leicester City were a 5,000 to 1 to win the Premier League, and they did, but I agree with you. It's very few and far between. <laughs> well, I was I was about to say, like, keep in mind, like, that's, like, that was, like, a miracle. Yeah. A, mir- a miracle on, on turf, essentially. Literally, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure the odds, it was something ridiculous like that. It was, like, a couple thousand to 1 the odds. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so I mean, good for them, but um, but at at the same time, like that's that's not that's not really going to happen. I, I feel like it would be very far and few in between. And yeah, um, let me just let me just make sure. Uh, what like what year did that happen? Uh, so what? I think it was twenty six. It was twenty sixteen seventeen that they um. I'm pretty sure, at least. Now I'm getting my years mixed up because Man City won the league last year. It was 2015-2016. Okay, 2015. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because then it was them, Chelsea, Man City, and now we're here. Okay. Right. Um, So, but the next next season, guess what happened? They finished 12th in the league. Yeah. So, and then the year after that, what happened? Let's see. I'm just making sure they finished 9th. So they they didn't qualify for anything, really. Um, each of those years, and that's because that's essentially kind of where they belong in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just you know, winning the winning the uh, um, you know winning the championship or whatever is not going to you know all of a sudden assume you to the top of the standings each year, um, unless of course you're Man City, Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, maybe Arsenal. Something like that. Yeah, like so. Essentially, in the Premier League, you kind of have six teams that should be top six all year. Uh, Tottenham is another one who, like, recently has been um, emerging. So, like, you got like six or seven teams in there that um, are your top heavy teams. Now, I will say this: this promotion relegation system is like. I think it's like very European thinking. Um, <laughs> like you know, like I said, the European leagues use it, and it's just like for my case with it for the MLS. Like, first of all, I think it lets you. <clears throat> you know, we're already talking about like expanding MLS. Like you know, we were talking about earlier, and they already have been. Like, if you have like a promotion relegation system, you can keep expanding because you know with the USL league. Um, that could be like, you know, like we said, like the second tier league, like you can have like your worst, like, you know, the teams that are not succeeding that well on MLS, move them down there and make them fight to come back up to the MLS. Like, I think it is, for me, it adds entertainment value. Um, I said this yesterday when me and Brownie were talking, like, you know, if you're, if you're in a, a regular league where there's no relegation, if if uh, the 19 best if in a 20 team league the 19th best team is playing the 20 20th best team the literally the worst two nobody wants to watch that like literally because it means nothing they're both going to be the worst at the end of the day they're not going to make playoffs whatever 
in the in a pro row system, that could be everything. Like literally, like that could be, be you. Like you know, if you lose that game, most likely you're going to go down to the like to the to the league below. Um, if you, you know you got to survive in advance, kind of thing. Like it's I don't know. For me, it's more of like an entertainment factor. Like I I will say I kind of agree with the top heavy part of your argument because um i don't know it's also it's tough to think because in europe you have the top heavy teams obviously have a lot of money that's why Mm -hmm. they're top heavy but like in the mls like you know i don't know if a first the 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 money they're making from like the mls is not as much as um the european league so like are they is a team that's successful in the first year going to be successful forever because they were successful in the first year? I don't necessarily. I guess you can argue, but I don't necessarily believe that all the way. Um, There's no telling really until it's yeah. actually implemented. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I just, I just, for the sake of U.S. soccer, I just think it's really it's good. Again, just because you can add more teams, you have that entertainment factor. Um, I don't know. I think. I, I mean, I will say, I think the U.S., um, we've seen since the 2014 World Cup, is starting to gravitate towards soccer. It's like, a, I don't want to say not millennial, because, like, I hate that term, but, like, I think, like, a lot of the younger people are going towards soccer now um, because it's like the, it's like flashy. You know what I mean? Like, European soccer is very flashy. Like, you got your Neymars and, you're Messi and Ronaldo and stuff like that. And these guys are doing these awesome moves. And, like, it's flashy. And the kids, like, like I f- sound so old saying this. But, like, like I feel like people, like, gravitate toward flashiness. So, um, No, that, I, that, that sounds about right. One of the things I've really liked about it, like, um, not necessarily the flashiness, but I just, I just like sitting down and watching 45 minutes of a sport with no Oh, ad. my God. Exactly. That was, like, that's my biggest point, like, Hey, how about like soccer has no commercials, and that's like the best part, except for halftime. Like, it's great. Like, yo, watching football nowadays is so annoying, just for the fact that you have a commercial, you have kickoff, you have a commercial after the kickoff, and then you start play, and then after that drive, you have more commercials for five minutes. It's the like soccer right. is. It's you know everybody says, oh, it's boring. Well, because you know they pass around the back the whole time. That's that narrative is out the window. First of all, second of all, yeah, like you know, there's it's going to be passing around the back from time to time because that's how soccer works. Like, it's but it's not the whole time, but they're literally passing with no scoring chances. Like, soccer is very free flowing. Again, you're playing for forty five minutes straight a half with no breaks. It's man, yeah, you know, like, I, like I gotta say, in the past few years, like I've really gravitated towards soccer. Like it is a really, it's an awesome sport, man. Like I, again, and when you have like things like the World Cup that come up every four years, everybody, like the casual fan, will start watching it. But um, if they, you know, if the U.S. especially like MLS wise can convert them to at least give the MLS a chance, um, I think right. you got something like really special on your hands. Like I said, man. Soccer is a uh, it's good stuff. Man, you are 
definitely out of the the podcast the most knowledgeable of it so we will continue oh yeah to, i can talk about that any day <laughs> i know we'll continue to give you guys information about that but i think we're gonna wrap up we uh have been going on for a while um and uh and we'll be back next week um we're still kind of trying to like iron out <clears throat> excuse me uh stuff about the podcast we're still in the early stages so just forgive us for that also one thing i did want to add which I'll, we'll probably talk about later is you know we're pre-recording these podcasts so stuff might be out of date like we were talking about today the tread deadline was you know over a week ago now uh just let us iron stuff out um and uh, we'll kind of figure it out but uh, that is all from the Come Play podcast today. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Like I said, don't know the upload schedule. Um, but, yeah, uh, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Yep, see you guys.